Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Breaking the Fabe, the show where your faithful JWF Booker man and Blake Tanner sit down and talk about the world of JWF wrestling and break kayfabe apart and just get to really talk some shop, brother, brother. <laughs> That's, this is this what we is do. talking shop. Backstage with the booker. Well, the other thing is this is was supposed to be a Patreon exclusive show. This one is not. This one is going out to everyone. Um, <laughs> I guess we should say it up front. Yeah, um, because this is the this is the reason being is because we do have an important announcement after it took three extra weeks to record Wrestlepalooza 5. Uh, yeah, it took a while to get Wrestlepalooza 5 out there, but no, it's after five years of doing li- almost literal weekly professional wrestling shows. Uh, we are going to be taking a break, stepping away from the world of JWF. Uh, I'm going to be still writing fun things and making fun like audio drama stuff, so make sure to tune around for that. It's just, I and I think I told you about this as well, I realized that how do i put this everything's got everyone's got a price for the million dollar man and despite the fact that our show is free despite the fact that jwf is a free production there is still a cost to watch our show and it's the fact that you have to be able to know literally like this roster of 50 deep people and that's a lot to ask of like everyone at home um and it also and that shows- roster has changed many times at this point because we were talking just uh you know uh before we started recording and i was like i forgot that mojo gruff even existed for a bit yep mojo gruff who showed up and then we killed him off we did kill uh- him we straight up did Yeah, Uh, so it was that realization of, like, I'd love to do wrestling content, I'd love to write for professional wrestling, it's just a matter of the, this is the, for me, the ultimate kill your darling. Like, this is the ultimate of, like, yeah, I know, this is your favorite thing, but you have to, just so I could work on more projects, I want to start doing, like, video essay style content where i go like weirdly in depth on stuff um also if there's anything you guys think would be cool to do i want to do more like evergreen wrestling content similar to like uh i guess similar to uh wrestling with regret or alternately i want to be like the scott the waz of wrestling although that is literally just wrestling with regret and don't worry uh fight boys is still going to be around we're not doing it terribly regularly it's usually bi-weekly now but don't you know it's still gonna we're still gonna be doing that one i'm i'm hopefully gonna try to push that to be more weekly as i start watching wwe content more because apparently they are kicking that out of the park but yeah i'd love to do that i know i'd love to do like i still want to do stuff in the game like i'd love to do like a battle of the brands type thing i know i like gazi messaged me the other day and was like there was something special about season one of jxt and i'm like that's because we didn't care <laughs> oh, we fucked around so much it and was it, great and it'd be fun to do like a battle of the brands where we both make rosters in the game and then I, but also i don't know how 2k22 works at all i downloaded it played it once and then immediately asked steam for a refund because you have to grapple before every single thing you do apparently and i hate that understand 
And also, like, I don't, I, I, that's the other thing. I don't want to learn a new system. And 2K19, I feel like I learned how to pretty consistently throw out five-star bangers in. But also now, it's very clearly a dated game. So I'm also, I was also in a weird situation with that. So, yeah, and we, I mean, we have been using this game for, we use this for four years. It's four, four years. years. Yeah, yeah, because I, I remember we had one jump, but like this is the game that we've been on for the vast majority of our wrestling content. Yes, this was the this was the main thing that we did the whole time was 2K19. It is my baby. I'm never going to delete that save file. <laughs> never going to mess with anything. That PlayStation 4 is on its literal last legs. It belongs to roaches now, but it will forever be known as the console that birthed JWF. Um, now, I guess next, should we get into just discussing like Wrestlepalooza 5? And also, yeah. I, I wouldn't mind like getting into what the future of JWF looks like. I mean, obviously, or looked like, uh, because like obviously with the advent of JWF uh, Defiance, which was a very fun show. I really enjoyed doing Defiant stuff. Um, it really but, did, like, give a welcomed infusion into yeah. our recordings again. Yeah, that was one thing. But with the advent of Defiance, I also wanted to let that dictate the show a little bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, so I didn't have many plans for the next year other than, like, certain situations. But let's go through, like, the Wrestlepalooza card and then anything I can think about we can discuss. Um Let's start with, like, the Defiant matches that didn't really... I don't want to say didn't matter, technically, but didn't have storyline uh, stuff. Man, the J1. <laughs> great idea in practice. or uh -huh. a, oh, a great idea on paper, but in practice, as it went on, the more I realized, oh, no, it's all champions. Meaning it's all higher card people. Meaning I've already got plans for them at Wrestlepalooza. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was, um, I was pushing, so I lit, and I don't think I told you this, I went in and juiced Griffin, I juiced Griffin so hard, because I was like, I don't mind if Jeb makes it, because then it gives also a decent reason why he would, spoler alert if you've not seen Wrestlepalooza, lose at the end of the night, in addition yeah, also, to other things. Yeah, also, if you things. haven't seen Wrestlepalooza and you're listening to this, don't. Just watch <laughs> Wrestlepalooza first. Watch Wrestlepalooza. Um, yeah, so I was thinking, like, Griffin versus Jeb would be fun. I always love Griffin in tournaments, like, awakening uh, that that fire in him. So that I was hoping for that. And then you just wouldn't stop. And then Guy <laughs> Fieri decided, after losing, losing every match in yeah. the tournament up till that point. <laughs> it was going to beat Griffin. Beats Griffin. Because I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Griffin's fighting Guy. Guy's been already losing. Blake lost his first matchup. I can pull some bullshit where I'm like, they both have eight points. Blake's already booked, so Griffin gets the spot. I can do that. And then Guy Fieri just decided to take a big old dookie on my plans. Um, so we got Blake and Jebaduk. And the boy did it. Say what yep. you will. The boy won at Wrestlepalooza. <laughs> I mean, he he did, and I'm really, really proud of Jebaduk for that because of all the people that he could actually pull it out against. Yeah, having it be against my character, I'm, I'm just 
having it go having him go against two of the fight boys in the same yeah. night was very good uh then we had and i believe uh because a little peek behind the curtain there are certain matches i re-recorded uh defiant matches because i got a 4k capture card and really wanted to try that out so i wanted to make sure it was consistent so i had to re-record stuff with that capture card but i think jeb won both times i don't think there was any uh any finagling with that unlike (laughs) <laughs> the Defiant Championship match, uh, which was Gibbons, Mark Plays, Big Cyrus Crane, and Bakula. Um, which, yes. what a spread. What a spread of what boys a to wild, have there. The end of that fucking Cananza match. Yeah. That set uh, all of them up in just... I w- well, firstly, in general. I, I, obviously, I don't like him as a, as a character, but like... I wouldn't put have a Wrestlepalooza without Mark Plays on it. So I was like, I have to have Mark Plays on the show. I'm happy he came in. Um, Gibbons won the first one. The first one I recorded, Gibbons actually won. Um, and then when I re-recorded, Mark ended up, well, obviously Mark ended up taking it, um, which I didn't mind. I was like, if Mark Plays or Big Cyrus walks out of this victorious I'm great. I love that setup. Both of them have very clear stories going into it. Gibbons, that's fine. Bakula, it would have been so weird. It would have been like when Zack Ryder won the IC title at Mania, and I'm like, oh, that's fine. Go right ahead. It could have been the moment that, I mean, it was the moment that if we would have kept going on, that means that we would have had to have created a character for Bakula, which is honestly a terrifying concept for me. It, it really is. Like, I, I think we found some interesting stuff with him, like with this idea of him not trying to be the Marty Janetti, as it were, of Back in Black. So I, I didn't mind that. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, there are some people who I'm upset didn't get onto the card, and I will say one of them was on purpose because i initially had bigger plans for it uh hammer man i'm upset hammer man didn't get to make it to wrestlepalooza yeah um, and in that same vein robert hill i'm upset robert didn't make it to wrestlepalooza oh yeah robert the fall of robert hill in the defiance era was hard it wasn't oh yeah because he he lost a lot of matches but i also like i didn't have i think i i can't remember if i had any plans for robert going forward but i did have something to like push him a little bit i'll be honest a lot of the stuff uh that seemed a little why is this here it's because i about three months ago or so i realized we're probably gonna call it after wrestlepalooza yeah and then at that point uh it was about the same time the regal rumble came out and we decided to split that into two nights and when i said oh i have two nights to work with i literally just shot forward on my storyline sheet found matches i really wanted to see and just moved them forward um which is why we had uh jebeduk versus dan on defiance yep and then the boy beat him <laughs> big ups to that um there was another one dylan versus momoa curry um dylan versus momoa curry was added also because of that because i wanted there to be a uh almost a callback to the first uh like pay-per-views we did which is why i did have us the vwo added to that match the dylan and momoa curry was the first main event in our company's history so i wanted the last defiance to also have that match um yep 
So th- that's that's where that one came from. And then also Which is good because um we had um we had all of the fight boys fight Momoa Curry up on that lead up, didn't we? Yes, I fought him at the Regal Rumble, which um I'll say is probably my favorite match in wrestling or in JWF history. Uh, that that match, that lead up, everything my character and to a lesser degree, like that's what sucks also about being the booker is I'm like I think my story was done very well. It's like, yeah, good for you, dipshit. But I real everything from my giving up the captain's championship to fighting Momoa Curry is my favorite work I've ever done in JWF uh, because it's that arc. And like, I even had that promo I cut right after where I'm like Momoa Curry. I was about to become that terrible human being who started out ignition and Momoa Curry took that person and speared them to the earth and killed them. And yeah, it's, it's a redemption story. And then you also got to have a fun redemption story. And then we got to move on to Wrestlepalooza. And it was the only, like, the first and only time that I, uh, I had ever beaten Momoa Curry in JWF. And yes. we fought. I don't think we fought that much. Maybe, like, yeah. Uh, like and we're going to discuss uh, another individual who's never beaten Momoa Curry and um, why they didn't again. <laughs> um, so, uh, before we get into that, um, Shitty Terry versus Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> That's just all. That's it. That's it. And so that one was one where um, I went forward in time and I initially had an idea for a pay-per-view called uh, uh, Shoot Your Shot. And the point of the pay-per-view was that our lower, like Alabama backwoods wrestlers were going to call out big time wrestlers and then they would get their matches and so Mm. i on that show i did not have shitty terry versus minoru suzuki though although that that's what got shitty terry on this card was i was going to put his original opponent shitty terry and nick gage (laughs) which uh, strictly the only reason he didn't fight nick gage was because i realized there wasn't a pizza cutter in the game i could use and i was like Uh, if i can't let nick gage be nick gage i'm not putting him in the game it's like no we can't do that maybe maybe when the AEW game comes out (laughs) yeah exactly so uh then i was like who else could fight him and it would be great? And then I was like, it's gotta be Suzuki. And then that led Terry down. The, that's, I don't know what, I love that storyline of shitty Terry just suddenly revealing that, oh, in addition to being a drug-addled, crazed lunatic who murders people, he also has the power to transgress through multiverses. <laughs> I I mean, the fact that, like, we we delved into some crazy buck wild bullshit in JWF, and I I am always going to be the person that pushes it even further than I think you ever want. Um, yeah, but Shitty Terry being the, the Universe Walker, being <laughs> the fucking he he used to be an auditor until he just just fell into <laughs> drugs. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I initially, let me see if I can find it because I also wanted to do, and we may still do like goofy one-off things in 2K19 just to keep these characters around every once in a while. Uh, But I did also draft like Shitty Terry's Multiverse of Madness tournament. 
Yes. Where it was like shitty. It was, I can't remember everyone I had in there. I know, like, I think I had Cena representing WWE, Suzuki representing New Japan, uh, Nick Gage representing GCW. Like, it, it was a bunch of different names I had thrown in there because I wanted literally every company to have a hand in it at some point. Um, so, uh, let's see, Dylan and Jebeduk, we already talked a little bit about Jebeduk's, uh, quest, uh, mm-hmm. God, I knew from the beginning Dylan was gonna be a heel, because I wanted, I had, pl- I still, and I still have it here, Dylan was going to hold the title from Summerfest 2021 all the way to Wrestlepalooza 6, and, this is another reason why uh, I didn't, why I'm kind of happy we are quitting, is because the person who dethrones him would have been me, because I'm the only person who was able to pin him before, and that's just how it would have worked. Um, there would have been some fun redemption stuff, but that got played out in the Momoa Curry storyline, so I don't know what I would have done, uh, but it would have been a, a lot of Dylan calling me out about, like, you pretend to have everything together. You pretend to be this um, illustrious, grandiose, big person, but you're just white trash. And it would have been this turning point for my character of, like, realizing, like, oh, yeah, I don't have to fake fake who I am anymore. Like, I don't, I can be who I am. And it would have been a fun turning point. That's really all I had. Um, There was... uh, We'll get to your arc and what you were going to do in a few. But yeah, I always knew Dylan was going to turn heel. I always knew Dylan was going to be our Roman Reigns. And And, um, Well, I think there was a moment that um, you said uh, another parallel was, of course, obviously Dylan won with an upper dicker, which is... Exactly the 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 ending of uh, WrestlePalooza one. So it was, well, we not had not WrestlePalooza one. Um, not WrestlePalooza. Next, it was next pay per view. Was what we yeah. called it. Yeah, it was like a, it was proto. I can't remember how the first WrestlePalooza ended, uh, and we don't have to talk about it. To be honest with you, I don't know what happened. Um, so then um, moving on because there's one match that kind of. There's two. There's one more match on night one, but I'm gonna blend that into night two. Um, us versus Demon Inc. I don't think I I had that plan from the beginning. I think I don't think yeah. I've ever thought anyone else could be a fighting Demon Inc. and be taking the titles away from them, other than their mentors. It was yeah. That was the um very like uh, that was one of the earlier uh, well, things that we had. Well. It, Lawrence Whitney wouldn't stop fucking with me. That is literally the most, I think, the most long-term storytelling I've done. Because literally, it's one month after, I can't even remember what our post-Wrestlepalooza show was called. Um, But yeah, that was the beginning of me. Right right after Wrestlepalooza 4, I get attacked by Big Cyrus Crane, and Lawrence reveals himself as his new manager. And then we don't stop feuding for nearly an entire year. Obviously, there were like breaks to do the Momoa angle and stuff like that. But for the most part, Lawrence Whitney was on my ass the entire year. And then when I started feuding with Momoa, I said, all right, now he's going to feud with Blake. And then it brings it all together. He unites us and then we get to fight back. Um, Which I love. Objectively, I love Lawrence Whitney as a character because it's... I hate to use this comparison, but it's almost like I was the Tony Stark and he was the Ultron of the affair. 
You know what I mean? Jesus Christ, Blake. The people who are listening to the audio version of this uh, did not get to just see that plume that Blake Tanner just emitted from his mouth hole. Uh, but yeah, he is the uh, embodiment of all the shitty things evil heel Scotty did. And then I had to pay penance for that over the course of an entire year. And I mean, that is all that like Lawrence Whitney, just, just his one of his main goals. He had a lot of people that he wanted to make miserable. You were basically at the top of the list. I was I was number one with a bullet. Um, then we had Phoenix Driver versus Tiffany. This is another reason I'm kind of happy we're stepping away for a few and not doing it as professional because I felt like we did such a disservice to the women's division. I wanted that division to have a lot more stories behind it, and I wanted it to be a lot more strong. But uh, we've already discussed it in a previous Breaking the Fabe episode of just, I don't like finding voice actors. And I yes. don't... And, and, our and voice it is hard act- to schedule me- voice... It's hard enough, yeah. like we said before, it's hard enough to schedule Dylan for his promos. Yeah. You yeah. know? Ham and Ghazi uh, takes about yeah. uh, five years, but it's fine. Um, and so, like, Noah felt like, absolutely go support Kimberly Spirit if you see them wrestling near you. Uh, they did phenomenal as Val Curry. Uh, go check out Kate Nix. That was our voice for Ayana. I think Ayana only had one promo. Uh, they never got to do a promo because I never even uh, asked them. But uh, Caroline Minx was supposed to step in as Karen Bush. And if anyone could have knocked it out of the park as someone who would have just been the worst person, it's uh, Caro. Um, so uh, as things built up towards Russell Palooza, I kind of was like, could get the promos, but also it's there's 10 matches I have to build up, which means you kind of have to layer storylines. And so I thought, what's the most enthralling take? Um, because initially I believe I had Phoenix driver winning the rumble and then someone else faced. I think it was, it was going to be Phoenix versus Ayana at the Wrestlepalooza for the title. And then, Phoenix ends up winning the fucking chamber match. Luckily, this was... Bu- I recorded that before the Rumble, so then I just had to say, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, what do I do? <laughs> Tiffany, I guess, wins it, because obviously, like, your top babyface uh, badass champion and then your ultimate chicken shit heel. It was very well done, though, like, especially the match, even, because it did seem that, like... Uh, Tiffany, I think, was someone who, um, you could very easily play as, um, under, underestimated, which is kind of what happened. The the fucking chat going crazy for Tiffany, and it made me so happy. We were Um, driving back from Gatlinburg, like, to catching up on the chat, because it was, like, (laughs) Night 2 was live when we were on our way home. Yeah, yeah, so um, I so I was sitting there going like, how do I build this matchup knowing I don't have any promos? And I'm like, okay, take the dipshit boyfriend Mark plays and essentially have him become bitch to Karen Bush, say, and then the story of the match then becomes because that was the other issue is I had to get rid of all of the briefcases because yes. I'm like, oh shit, everyone's got a briefcase. <laughs> How do I get rid of these? So obviously, like, I had Gibbons cash in on you. I had, I can't remember what happened with the tag championships. Oh, wait, that's right. They they announced it, and then they cashed in on Defiance. They did the, um, I think, Rob Van Dam uh, method. So that's, that's how I got rid of that one. Then I said, okay, Karen's the last one. 
oh, it would be really badass if Karen essentially is threatening Tiffany the whole time. And then, uh, honestly, Tiffany was not supposed to win at the end of the night, but I was like, this is the last one for a few. Give it to her. Plus, I'd love to see Karen Bush tap out. Yeah, we had a, we had a lot of like good, good energy wins that night. Or well, that brings us to the next matchup. Oh, here we go. The first ever war games match, aka just a three on three hell in a cell match. And this match was strictly made because I wanted to see the promos happen. <laughs> Yes, you a- want it. We wanted to come out, say the things, and then go. You know what I mean. I know a- what you AJ, mean. AJ AJ Steele winning the Defiant title is the greatest gift God ever gave me. Cause I, those are my favorite promos. And then the thought to pair him, of all people, with bananas in pajamas. pajamas. It was just. It was beauty. It was grace. It was style. It was it's- everything we needed with that team. And yes. the fact that like. We got so much mileage out of them. That is one of the things, and I think you said this as well, um, because uh, that we're stopping where it's the opposite, where we wanted to do like more AJ promos, and you wanted to just go hog wild. Oh no! With I him. told you a few weeks ago. The moment Alex Jones's stupid Shit, ass lawyers wow. texted all of his phone information to the uh, defense team, I was like, "This is." everything i could book so much shit just based off of this and then but at that point we'd already written everything and we had already gotten through and i was like damn it no so like i there is still like that itch in the back of my head to jump back into it um but yeah and then to take the the goofiest shittiest heels we have and put them against the goofiest most pure three baby faces i could think of tech and mike vlad tankman and falcor yes absolutely snaps all around that was my favorite thing having falcor have a nice win is also another because falcor in my heart falcor is second only to jeb yeah (laughs) Yeah, and I feel bad because we didn't give Jeb the title, but I will unfortunately have to uh, agree with Jim Cornette in one respect when he was talking about uh, El Generico. He was like, you can't have a damn babyface champion who can't cut a promo. Now, obviously, with El Generico, that's incorrect. El Generico, Sami Zayn, whatever, should hold world heavyweight championships in every single company that he's in. Because he can't cut a promo. Yeah, Jeb. <laughs> Unfortunately, we, Jeb, we've done everything we could. I put him in a fancy white and gold suit. I did a repeat because I did do the same thing in a other storyline with Jeb, I believe. But I did get to do my favorite thing, which was stop Jeb from speaking for a long time. And this just the only thing he says is announcing that he's going to win. Yeah, which is a a very good, like, it's a good storyline to use for this. It's a good, like, way to get out of, because we did, we kneecapped Jeb from day fucking one from the moment that whichever one of us decided that that was going to be his voice. And he was going to (laughs) inhale Doc all the time. Uh, Up next, we got Gazi versus Crush Atlas for the Captain's Championship. If you thought... 
I wasn't about to give Gazi that fucking championship at least once in this company's history. You're an idiot. Uh, that kid earned it. That kid deserves it. Uh, but also, I did make sure that he won it in the most chicken shit bullshit way possible. Yes. It was just, it was so perfect for Gazi. Yes. Um, it was just so, it was, it was also great to see him win that title. It was great to see him, like, get something, like, really I, get um, the do that he paid for five years ago. Well, also, in addition to that, like, I had recorded the match and forgot to make it a title match, and I've done that before, and usually you can't really notice, because usually I'll have, like, the champion win or something like that, and then just the end of match celebration looks like a normal end of match celebration. That happened again. But then I was like, I must redo this whole fucking thing because I'm not going to have Ghazi not be seen with that title. Uh, so, yeah, big ups to the Nightmare. Congrats for that. Also, what I love about this is that I spent the entire like lead up to it in the BS versus Demon Inc. storyline being like, if I can take those belts away from you, Lawrence Whitney has no more power. He has nothing that can secure him a spot on this show. And then Ghazi immediately wins it back for him later. Oh, and that's, see, that's another thing that could lead into some great shit from Lawrence Whitney's part. Um, oh, no, and, no, Ghazi was going to kick Lawrence Whitney out pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Gazi okay, was going to take over uh, and basically make, a, I think the Dark Carnival was what I named them. The kind of No, yeah, it can't be the Nightmare Family. It was the Nightmare Family is what I named them. Uh, no, uh, and honestly, though, Crush Atlas, one of the best champions we've ever had. Um, oh, no doubt. No doubt. I've never seen. Uh, well, obviously, because we've never had like a big fan base, because like I said, we're an expensive show, kind of. Um, but it's I've, a lot of opportunity cost to get people like yeah, bought but, into five years of wrestling. But that being said, I've not. We, so we've never really seen, quote unquote, organic growth until Crush Atlas showed up. The moment Crush Atlas showed up, like during streams, people would be like, Fuck yes, absolutely. Crush Atlas, that's my boy. I love Crush Atlas. Uh, so yeah, no, Crush would have probably within uh, uh, within the year been challenging Dylan for the championship. Not winning it yet, but like obviously battling it out. But my God, though, he it's amazing how Goldberg-esque he became in that in that sense then because he's just widely popular and yep. it's just like anytime he comes on people freak the fuck out and Fucking. he tends to end things pretty quick yeah love crush atlas um and once again like i said gazi <laughs> like gazi had been fucked out of that title so many times yep. that i'm like yes they deserve that um, so now we need to get on to the last two matches of Palooza, which was initially only one match. And it's Momoa Curry versus Captain Tibbs and then Captain Tibbs versus Chuck. So this changed a fucking lot. Oh, yeah. The, actually, Momoa Curry's entire retirement trajectory changed a lot. Everything passed when um, everything from the week after he announced Tibbs to be his opponent. Everything after that's what changed. Everything up to that had been relatively correct. Uh, but the initial plan was, obviously, Chuck was going to... Uh, uh, okay, so the initial plan was Tibbs gets found the next week, he's been beaten down, and then shockingly reveals to the world that the Hammer Man is the one who 
beat down Ch or Captain Tibbs. The only difference is we would have played it a lot more straight and a lot more genuinely. Like uh, he would have Hammerman would have been kicked off the show for months, um, and Chuck would, like he did in storyline, get offered the opportunity to fight Momoa and then go on to wrestle Palooza, and he would, because Chuck has never beaten Momoa Curry. He would have beaten Momoa Curry in his final match in the company, um, also making uh, something great for his father, uh, yes. which was great. And then we cut forward a couple of months, and the Hammerman's uh, suspension is up. He returns. He saves the VWO from a beatdown by Demon Inc., and then a couple of weeks later, the Hammer Man gets beat down backstage, taken out, and the Whitney family are basically responsible for it. And the next week, they need a partner for a trios match. Mm -hmm. Who comes in? Chuck fucking Tibbs, who is going to be the most shit-eating babyface of all time. It's going to be like when Kurt Angle teamed up with The Shield that one time. It's just <laughs> clearly off. Yeah. Cle something's wrong. Uh, then also I gave Chuck cash in the bag. I don't, I don't think it would have worked out well for him. Looks like it doesn't as I scroll down. Um, but uh, we yeah, still so got a lot of this. I, I still have like quite a bit of it, but as things went on, eventually Hammerman would return and reveal that Chuck was the one who attacked Tibbs all along. And at that point, that's when we were going to reveal his alliance with Robert. And that's when it was going to lead into Wrestlepalooza 6, which was going to be Chuck Tibbs versus Captain Tibbs in a retirement match. Um, and obviously Chuck would beat his father, and then that would be the whole Wallabaloo. So that was my original plan. Was Yeah, because very... that was going to be, at that point, that was... Um, neither was, had been, this was my slow burn. This was my ultimate slow burn was from like rumble to the next year's Wrestlepalooza, slowly building the story of Chuck Tibbs. Now, once I realized, uh Oh, two things happened. First thing happened was I realized, uh Oh, I'm not going to be doing anything. I'm not going to be booking anything past Wrestlepalooza five. There's no show after this. And then that was one thing. Second thing. I made Momoa cut that badass promo detailing the origins of how he met Captain Tibbs. And yeah. I was like, that's too fucking... I would, if I was an audience member after that promo and I didn't get Captain Tibbs versus Momoa Curry, I would feel very fucking upset. Yes, um, because it is something that has not been seen before in our canon. Yes, exactly. So I was like, I, it'd be very upsetting. And then I said, okay... Do I just have them slowly build up the storyline? And then that's when I think it was about the time we announced that there are going to be two nights. So I said, okay, what if we have Captain Tibbs versus Chuck Tibbs from six on night one? And then whoever wins fights Momoa Curry, uh, get a little bit more fun, more villainous. Uh, obviously, like Wrestlepalooza six, the initial plan was there. There was going to be Hammerman and Robert Hill. And then that that was planned for Wrestlepalooza 6 in addition to Chuck versus Captain Tibbs. That way, both of those members of the rivalry kind of got something out of it. And obviously, I just ended up having to shove one on De Defiance because we didn't have much time. Uh, there aren't many future storylines I was extremely excited about. 
um, there was only one that really sticks out to me, and it was going to be the fact that initially, and I honestly, given the way the match went, we could still do it because the um, that ladder match, I loved what my character did because it was just setting up increasingly ridiculous Home Alone Shit. style traps to take yeah. out Sammy Sin, and then subsequently being put through those traps <laughs> myself. Um, and so what was going to happen on the next episode of Ignition was that I was going to announce I was injured and I had to disappear. Um, obviously that was to set up me returning to save you, I believe, at Summerfest from a beatdown by Dylan. And then that was going to be the beginning of me and Dylan's storyline. Uh, so I just was taking myself out and... Initially, Legion never cashed in their briefcase. So Legion was going to say, we have the briefcase, we're the champions. And Blake, you would have basically said, well, no, I can, I can find a partner, I can. And then Falcor, fucking Falcor was going to show up. Oh, you know what? I could be your partner. I could be your dragon man. And this was before we had the Blake Tanner redemption. So yes, you would have been still very, you would have been very you would have hated Falcor every step of the way. And this was gonna be similar to like the hangman page dark order thing of like, no, it's okay to love yourself. It's okay. We I'm here to have fun. I'm not here for championships. I'm not here for any of that. Like that's he was going to teach you how to love wrestling again. And then eventually, I believe I actually had you guys. I did, I had you guys win. Uh, the titles at next year's Regal Rumble, and then you would fight Demon Inc. at Wrestlepalooza 6 in a rematch from 5. So yeah, that was that's only really big future plans I have. Let me see if I have anything else that was super crazy. Um, VWO when Cash in the Bag, which fucking would rip because that would mean another BS storyline. Let's see, Dylan wins that, Dylan wins that. Shitty Terry was... Oh, that's right! Oh, this was gonna be such a fun story. I'm so mad I didn't get to do it. Um, Shitty Terry was gonna start feuding with Mark Plays, but it wasn't really a feud, per se. <laughs> it was gonna be revolving around the Captain's Championship, and yeah. Mark Plays <laughs> wanting the championship and essentially using Shitty Terry as, like, his butler. And so it's like a feud where only one person knows they're in the feud. In the feud. And Terry is just being Terry, which is honestly kind of all we could do with him at that point. Uh, the, like the yeah. the power, the potential power that Terry has is too great. Yeah, it was going to start at the King of the Steel City tournament. Shitty Terry was going to beat Mark Plays at the end, and then Mark was going to manipulate him into challenging for the Captain's Championship. Shitty Terry was then going to lose, and then at the Regal Rumble, the we were going to pull the... I don't think it was Roman. I can't remember who challenged uh, Sammy. It was AJ. It was AJ versus Sammy and Kevin. Owens, uh, we were going to do that. The uh, BS champion, or not BS champion, captain's champion was going to take on Mark Plays and Shitty Terry in a handicap match. Terry was going to pin the champion, but Mark was going to call himself the captain's champion moving forward. Um, and then there would be a unification match at Wrestlepalooza 6, uh, a ladder match between Mark Plays and Shitty Terry. Uh, so that, that was some of my other future plans. I would like to also quickly go down my shoot your shot card 
Because it's good shit. Firstly, Jeb and Dan Housen was on there, which uh, already got moved to Defiance. Um, Shitty Terry and Nick Gage, which we already discussed. Sam Adams, the American beer man, taking on the Texas rattlesnake, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I came out of retirement. I Uh heard there was another beer man. I came to kick his ass. Um, then Dylan, obviously, we would fight Kenny, um, cause fucking obviously, like, you're course. not gonna have Dylan not fight Kenny, he's already fought and beaten Okada. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix Driver was gonna take on Thunder Rosa, which, <laughs> depending on how All Out goes, might have been a championship versus championship match. Um, yeah, and fuck this last one. No, there's two. One, calling back to a promo Momoa Curry did against me it was going to be me with my wife versus cody rhodes and brandy rhodes Rhodes. that one was the ego fight that was the ego fight and then the main event of the evening a match that in my opinion he's already won captain tibbs versus vincent kennedy mcmahon captain tibbs fucking outlasted vincent kennedy mcmahon i want you to by about three or so weeks yes (laughs) yeah i just want everybody to let that sink in yeah very good oh uh and then we also were gonna do a uh, similar to mystery vortex at pwg we were gonna do a show called stand defiant which was similar to if you were with us for when we did money in the dank and we said we can't book anything leading up to it, that's what it was going to be. I wasn't going to be allowed to book anything, and the show was just going to give me a pay-per-view, and that's what I had to run with. And I would have to go back and kind of build stories on top of it to figure things out. And it most likely would have broken any story. Like, there's a good chance that one of the major storylines could have easily just been shattered. Yeah, exactly. Um, Oh, that's when he does it. Yeah, it was the Tibby Awards is when Hammerman returns and reveals that Chuck attacked Tibbs. Okay, that was a good idea on my part. The Tibbies always end up having some buck wild shit, eh? Yeah, we always kind of had it. It was always a good, like, setup point for a major feud that we didn't want to set up. At the Regal Rumble. Yep. It's something that we could do to get us a Wrestlepalooza, like, feud going or something yep. like that. And or, we didn't alternately, have to, to lose your tag team championships. Championships, yeah. I believe at least a 50% <laughs> success rate of if you challenge for the tag titles at the Tibby Awards, Tibby you'll Awards. probably win them. Yeah, there's a... It is a it's, <laughs> The numbers, are, my, the numbers don't lie. That was one of my favorite Lawrence Whitney promos was when they won the Tibby Award for Tag Team of the Year. And he was like, hmm, seems like no one wants to fucking do it this year, huh? Weird how that works. Who the f- Well, huh, look at us. Well, before we call it a, a day and bid you adieu, I do have uh, some big, big nerd shit, which is I went through, I have a massive win-loss record spreadsheet. Of just like every, and it's only since the beginning of Defiance. So this is everything from April 6th, 2020 to today. And, uh, but then I, I believe our, the, there, I also have some stats about like tag or championship reigns. That is from the beginning of the show. 
so let's start with our tag division. Uh, best performer since the beginning of Def- – so since 2020. The best performer in the tag division at number three, Bananas in Pajamas with a 40% success rate, two wins, three losses. <coughs> the VWO, seven wins, five losses, three ties, 46% mm. rate. And then just blowing them all out of the water. Demon Inc., five wins, two losses, 71% sitting on top. God damn. Uh, they did not have the most matches in the division, though. They only had seven. The Wild-Eyed Southern Boys had 13, and the VWO sitting at the top with 15 matches in the division. That's the VWO for you. Mm-hmm. Now on to, this is for the entirety of the series proper. Since the beginning, since like the first episodes of Fight Boys. So, do you want to see longest reigning or most tag team championships first? Uh, let's do uh, most and then longest reigning. I think okay. longest reigning should be the main event. Okay, well, uh, firstly, a singles competitor who have held the most is a tie. It's tied between myself and the Hammer Man with four <laughs> reigns each because we both had three reigns from BS and VWO, and then Hammer Man also has one from um, Rising Suns, and I yep. have one from when I tagged with my dad. Uh, then uh, the as far as actually tag teams, Bananas and Pajamas are our runners-up with two reigns, and then, I've already fucking said it, the VWO and the BS with three reigns each, meaning yep. that... There's another big story that like we could have played with in the future with that. So that would have been fun. Uh, uh, longest reigning tag team champion. First is easy. I want to know if you can get second place because second. I, yeah, this I don't think this happened on purpose. <laughs> it's hmm. I'm trying to think because I do know there are large lots of time where tag team champions were held like t- championships were held and we, and we just didn't do just, anything with them was it the roanoke boys it's the roanoke boys holy Two, shit 246 days versus <laughs> the bs the obvious longest reigning tag team champions 303 days actually hold on let me see something really really quickly yeah i uh, it does because it's like that was all one rain, wasn't it? For us, yes. Yeah. Um, if I and I, I was gonna. I did combined rains for a few of them, but oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, Blake, because it took us so long to put out Russell Palooza, the Roanoke Boys are now in third place. Demon Inc. with two hundred and fifty-eight days. Oh, dang! And the Demon Inc. They got. So fucking close. This is only is this only the second no, th- we've had it three times. Um Yes. Um I but, can uh, if, you, if if you have any questions about numbers, I can get them for you. Yes. It's because yeah, we had those three major reigns. Well, well technically uh, we just got our third one. Um, the third one just happened. So yeah. yeah um, so we've had two big reigns. One was three hundred and three days, the other one was seventy-four days. Um, and okay. then when you added those up, unfortunately, I was hoping the VWOs would be combined more, but unfortunately mm-hmm. wasn't. So I couldn't give them the rub on that one, brother, brother. Uh, on to the women's division uh, going from the beginning. I think actually the women's division was introduced during Ignition. So all of this is like the beginning of 2020. Uh, longest reigning women's champion is not much of a surprise. Phoenix held it for 56 days. The runner up. 
371 days old Val Curry held wow. that belt. And I'll tell you something. That is the longest reigning champion we've had in this company's history is Val Curry. Val Curry to 371 days. 371 days is the longest anyone has held a belt in this company. Uh, most matches in the division, Phoenix Driver with six as our runner-up and Val with nine sitting in first place. And as far as our best performers are concerned, you're going to be real happy for third place. Because it's a thriller, a killer, it's Skilla. Three wins, two losses, 60% yeah. success rate. Uh, second place, um, on one of my favorite feuds we've had, and they are still feuding for second place, Phoenix Driver and Val Curry are in second. Four wins and two losses for Phoenix, six wins, three losses for Val. They both have a 66% success rate, which means that the... Best performer in our division with an 80% success rate is Ayana, the warrior princess. Four wins, only one loss. She is like the Dylan of that division. Like the way that she's built, yeah. been built is just like, there are so few that can defeat her. It is more of a thing to fight for second place like Val Curry and Phoenix Driver have done. Yes. Uh, so now let's move on to the singles division. Let's start with, uh, I've got a lot for singles division. I've got most matches, most championships, most reigns, longest reigns, best performer. Where do you want to start with? Oh, God, let's see. Um, let's start. Uh, let's just start with Defiance. What's our what's our win percentages like since then? We'll go further back. Oh, okay. I, I see what you mean. I thought you meant the championship of. Okay, how about we do most reigns first? Because that's yeah. how, and then we'll work our way up to like best performer, most matches, and all that. Uh, so most reigns with the JWF championships is a three way tie. Oh shit! Between the Dylan, Blake Tanner, and that's right, the third man, Chuck Tibbs. <laughs> Chuck fucking Tibbs beat me out. Chuck fucking beat me. Uh, all of you, uh, of course, held the title two times. Uh, most yeah. reigns captain's champion is a four-way tie between the Dylan, Blake Tanner, and of course the third man, the Hammer Man. <laughs> But wait, there's a fourth one in there. Vacant. <laughs> the title has been vacated more times than I've held it. And See, one of that one of those vacations was my fault. I vacated it. <laughs> You're, I know. Uh, I know you're giving yourself some shit for like Bullshit. making great stories for your character and all that, but you know what? When it comes bend to paper, <laughs> the rest um, of the fight boys did pretty well off without it. Oh yeah, uh, most championships. So that's everything: captains' championships, defiant championships, everything. Uh, runner up. Me with seven championships uh, throughout my entire reign. And in first place with the most championships throughout the history of JWF, 
Blake Tanner with eight championships, which means that adds so much more weight to that feud we had over the Defiant title. Yeah. Adds so much more to it now at this point. Because that was the one that, like, we were tied before that. That pushed you over the edge. Yeah, that's what it took. Uh, On to the longest reigns. The longest reigning Defiant champion runner-up, Chuck Gibbons, with 66 days, although that's a little debatable. He held it a little bit longer, I think. And AJ Steele, longest reigning, 97 days. (laughs) Fuck you. Best. So, uh, a blessing in disguise. Longest reigning captains champion. Mm. Oh, I may. Ha- oh, wait, no, no. I did have to adjust this one. Longest reigning captains champion. I initially only had one runner up, but it was a similar to the um, Demon Inc. and uh, Roanoke Boys situation. So, Mojo Gruff, your favorite that you definitely remember, held it for 220 days. Third place. Second place. Crush Atlas, holding it with 231 days under the belt. But you know what? I didn't hold it twice, but I certainly held it the longest. Scotty Moore, longest reigning, 254 days. Damn. All right, now on to the longest reigning JWF World Heavyweight Champion. The runner-up, second place, is Blake Tanner with 328 days. But technically, combining reigns, the real runner-up is the Dylan with 351 days, combined reigns. And then number one with a bullet, Momoa Curry, 364 days. I'm now also really upset with myself now that I realized I stopped Momoa from hitting a year. For a year. Oh, God. Stopped him from hitting a year. Although, oh, no. If we had been a little lazy, as we are wont to do, and happened to release that Palooza just a week later, Momoa Curry and his daughter would both have held their respective titles for the exact same amount of days. <laughs> like that's that's as long as they physically can do it. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's that's they give them a year. All right, do we want to go with best performer or most matches? These are both since the beginning of 2020. Um, let's do, uh, most matches first. All right. Well, in third place, we have a three-way tie with Scotty Moore and his two best friends, Robert Hill and Chuck Tibbs, (laughs) with with 23 matches each uh, since the beginning of 2020. Best buddies. My best buddies. Hill and Chuck. Chuck and Robert. And <laughs> it's like the fucking diet fight boys. It is. <laughs> Second place, Dylan. Obviously, 29 yeah. matches. First place, the boy I couldn't stop getting to be in the first match of every episode of Defiance. It paid off 30 <laughs> matches since the beginning of 2020 for Blake Tanner in the this world gonna of JWF. This is going to be my... 
Yeah, this was my John Moxley, like uh, Dean Ambrose run in WWE, the he, Iron Man run. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was going to say his current run. This is you True. had some time like that, too. All right. So best performer uh, in the singles division. I, I gave us a top five. I'm well, it's real weird to look at it. Uh, so number five, would you like to you want to take some guesses? Do we want a family feud this one? Oh, that is interesting. Fuck, I need a fucking uh, list of our fucking roster. God, number five is going to be hard to determine. Uh, Do you want to just throw them out there and I can tell you? Yeah. Okay, okay, I can tell you where they're at. We'll family feud it. Yes. Uh, Let's start with, uh, is Jebeduk on the list? Jebeduk is on the (laughs) list. It's on the board! It's... (laughs) I've never done a Steve Harvey impression, <laughs> and I don't think I will ever again. Uh, yes, Jevaduk is sitting in third place. Uh, 13 wins, five losses. He had a 72% success rate. Good for him. Yeah. Um, what about, uh, let's see, the Dylan was basically disappeared for most of this. How about... Let's just do the other fight, boys. Tell me about Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore. Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore are not on the board, man. (laughs) Neither of us are on the board. Yeah, that's why that's why I looked at it for so long. I'm like, that can't be right. Did I book us that badly? Yep. So Jeb is third. Um, How about Chuck Tibbs? Chuck Tibbs eh, on the butt. Eh, nope, no, no Chuck <laughs> Tibbs either. <laughs> uh, what about uh, Griffin Clouds? Uh, gotta go over to the other family over here now. And eh, that's your third strike. That's the You're third out. one. Give me the rest of them. All right, at number five, Robert Hill. Fourteen wins. Not you forget. Robert was undefeated for like the first bit of twenty twenty. He was, it was, yeah, it's hard to, because it's not, this isn't exactly when Defiance started, but. Oh, no, this is the beginning of Ignition. This is since the beginning of 2020. Uh, So Robert, yes. I just lost two fucking years, huh? Yes, exactly. Um, Robert Hill, 14 victories, nine losses, 60% success rate. Okay. Fourth place, Crush Atlas, the boy, eight wins, four losses, a 66% rate. Third, Jebeduk, we've already discussed. Second one is very interesting. But it is Falcor. What? He's not... So I had a weird limitation, because obviously there are certain performers who, like Titan, who had been in only like one or two singles matches and won both of them or something like that. And that would have automatically put them at the top of the list. So I I made a requirement. You had to have wrestled at least five matches. And Falcor okay. just edged that out. He had five wins, one loss, and 83% success rate. And here's the thing, Blake. Number one, you've already said, because it is your undisputed JWF World Heavyweight Champion, the technical spectacle himself, the Dylan. Yep, yep. Because he's had what? Well, he's undefeated. Like he's the only one. I'm the only person who ever really pent. Do you want to guess how many matches he's won? Oh, I know it's been a lot. He's had at least what? I'm gonna say twenty matches. 
Oh, no, 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 no. He's won 25 matches. Fuck. He has lost three. Obviously, some of them by DQ or things mm-hmm. like that. And only, and he's also had one tie. He had an 86% success rate. So I want to talk to Dylan from 2019, who was walking around Epcot with me and was like, why doesn't my fucking character win anymore? Well, he fucking did now, didn't he, dipshit? <laughs> Look at what you did since then. <laughs> Let's fucking go, boy. Let's go. Is, I mean, you did, like, this was the, uh, the, um, this is like when, uh, uh, fucking Nakamura became the king of strong style yeah. before, you know, he just became one of the best wrestlers in the world. Exactly. Well, see, this is this is the part for me. I, I, the thing that I love so much about Dylan's heel turn is that now he is taking the parts of his character from before of being a very slimy, willing to do anything, cheat to win uh, dominant heel and blending it with the technical spectacle we've seen that's yeah. the scariest shit I could think of is a guy who could break your arm and then if you don't tap he'll cut your head off with a machete like <laughs> it is it's taking the technical spectacle and saying now he's willing to do whatever it takes to win yes um, it's like he's still that good but also He'll he, if you he'll kick you in the nuts. Yeah, he will defeat your dick. Exactly. Um. So yeah, that this has been breaking the fade. It's been a really really good time. It's been a great five years of riding the world of professional wrestling. Do you have any bit like personal favorite? Like I already said, like my favorite my favorite match already happened. It was this year's the Regal Rumble. Me and Momoa. My favorite storyline I've already discussed. Uh, the only other thing that I could think of storyline wise that I really adore was the Momoa Curry Leviathan storyline. The Momoa Curry Leviathan stuff was amazing. I um, wish I wish that could have been on uh, ignition. I wish that could have yeah. had more like treatment to it versus being tacked on to an, the end of an episode of Fight Boys because like yeah Momoa Curry died and then got resurrected and possessed the body of Captain Tibbs we've destroyed arenas we caused apocalypses we did the thing in an anime where like the protags theme song starts playing it and inspires them to get a big victory like uh, that's probably one of my that's one of the other matches I always go back to is Momoa Curry versus the Leviathan at uh Heck in a sec, where at the end, Momoa Curry, his like, theme song hits, and he just immediately comes back and beats the shit out of his brother. God, I, um, I actually like some of the early stuff as well. I, I loved our feud with the VWO, the original ones. I love how it led into, um... Uh, you know, our breakup, the fights with the championship, like the first couple of years for uh, JWF is really just like for the BS to get their shit in. It and was. we did and we got it out of the way and that's OK. But I did like it when we were getting our shit in because we well, finally got to have the feud that we kind of wanted for a long time. Here's the thing. And I do feel bad about this. It's like when we started the show, I was like, oh, the money feud is me and Blake, obviously. And now, like sitting here five years later. And having gotten to know, like, uh, I already fucking knew you back then, but getting to know, like, Dylan better, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, no. 
that's the money feed right there's dylan and scotty those t just two people who are willing to go to any fucking length and say whatever the fuck like absolutely so uh yeah I, and then like going back to that i do feel like there is one specific moment that sticks out to me and i'm still upset to this day that the recording kind of got fucked up in a weird way but it is the fact that the way you won the way you won the jwf world championship and then went on to hold it for nearly a year is that griffin was a dipshit ran at you and fell in a hole <laughs> he just fell he rocket fell in a hole and you just crawled down hit him with an elbow drop and we're like i guess it's over pinned him i'm champion now so I had a lot of successful defenses after that. Yeah, yeah, you did. And then you lost to Brunch Boy, the darkest stain on our chat. Let me put, I've written storylines around Guy Fieri being like, oh, he's not the champ, like a real champion. Brunch Boy Baron was so bad that I was like, I'm not even going to reference him in shit. No, he is better off forgotten. As a matter of fact, I'm offended that you made me remember that's how i lost the title it is you went into you went into a heck in a sec and then he took advantage of it right after the fact all right well uh do you, any other big oh, but you know what my my heck in a sec uh win rate is still intact now isn't it yes uh actually before we started doing defiance where we kind of slowly realized oh no we can't feud anymore you know, like we can't really fucking feud anymore. Our feud was going to lead to me versus you inside heck in a sec because neither of us had ever really been defeated inside heck of yep. heck in a sec. So it was going to be determining which of us was better that way. Um, so that uh. was, that was going to be fun. Uh, actually, that was going to be the beginning of me and Dylan's feud, too, was you were going to you were going to fight him at uh, Summerfest. It was going to be you versus him. And it was that was going to be a feud of like almost pleading with him like, dude, you're a fight boy. This isn't the shit we do. We've it would have been almost like weirdly like uh, we've grown and clearly you did grow. But now you seem to reverted because it feels like you're a coward at this point. And so then he was going to beat you through cheating. I was going to come out, save you and then fight him at heck in a sec. And he was going to murder me. He was going to annihilate me inside that cell. Um, absolutely kill me, take me out. And I would be out of action again. So I would have returned from action. And in my first night back, just gotten kicked much like Cody Rhodes. I <laughs> went into a hell in a cell match, got my shit pushed in and then went out again. And then, yep. uh, I was going to, at the next regal rumble, number two or number one was going to be you. You'd come out to the ring, be waiting for your opponent. And then I was going to come out. And then me and you were going to British bulldog, Shawn Michaels, it and literally stay there the entire match go from the first two to the final two. And then I would like at the last minute, eliminate you for the victory, uh, which would have made me the only two time, uh, cat or two time regal rumble person. That's ah, uh, fuck. I didn't look at those. I didn't look at like cash in the bag or anything like that. Uh, I mean, oh, I th yeah. there are a few that are obvious. Like I know Guy Fieri was uh, king of the steel city. The most times, I don't think we had any repeat cash in the bag holders. Did we? 
No, I think it was a unique holder every time. Hell yeah. All right. Well, uh, anything to say to the people before we call it a day? Oh, this has been a ride. Uh, I only wish Captain Tips could be here to say goodbye in person, but he's in traction. He is. He, is, he got his shit pushed in by Momoa Curry. All right. Who is now happily sitting atop Valhalla? I'm sure you will all be excited to know. But until next time, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo. You can find him on Twitter at Blake A. Tanner. We're, we're, you're never on Twitter, but yeah, sure. Go find him. Yeah. We never. Been, this has been JWF Wrestling. It's been a ride. We love you madly. If you have any idea what you'd like to see in the future from us, like I said, uh, it's about to be a real Wild West situation for the Fight Boys because we don't know what's really next. Uh, could be video essays. Could be uh, weird revisitations. Could be just like Wrestling 101 where we teach you the basics of like who certain wrestlers are and why you should care. So just uh, let us know in the comments below. But until next time, remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boy Show. Because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life.